Illustrated picked the Steelers to make it to the Super Bowl. Colin Coward of Fox Sports picked the Steelers to make it to the Super Bowl. But CBS Sports today released its predictions for the upcoming NFL season. And CBS Sports picks Baltimore to win the AFC North. I don't know about that, but it certainly works if the Steelers implode. Chaos could take over. Don't dismiss that when it comes to talking about the Steelers in 2018. This is the Mark Madden Show. I have a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. But a boom smartest guy in the room. I wrote a column for the trip today about what Ben said about James Conner, how Conner has earned snaps and deserves to play. And I believe that Ben did say that to motivate Bell and even admonish him a bit. But I believe Ben also said it because he feels Conner has done very well and changed his body and got into shape. But in no way do I believe Ben is crazy enough to believe Connor should take snaps away from Le'Veon Bell. No one should think that. Uh, I got a video posted at the X website of James Harrison talking about Le'Veon Bell. And Harrison thinks it might do Bell more good to not play a bunch of games, come in after week 10, that would eat up the year on the contract, protect his body for free agency. I disagree, but it's an interesting viewpoint. You can see exactly what Harrison had to say on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. I'll talk about that at length after the first commercial break, but it's also worth noting that Bell has called the reports that he'll be at Camp Monday fake news. Bell called those reports fake news. So we'll look at the possibility of Bell not showing up for week one. We'll consider some of the pros and cons. That's just a little bit later on the Mark uh, on the Mark Madden show. I, I will say for sure, if Bell wouldn't show for week one, the entire city would turn against him, and a lot of the locker room would turn against him too. Right now, the city, the fans, they're mostly okay with it as long as he's there for week one. The locker room understands that he's just trying to get the most money he can, and any professional athlete's going to sympathize with that. But if he misses a game, I think Lev Bell would blow up the whole situation. I posted a poll on Twitter, vote now, how many games will the Steelers win this year? I will make my official pick for the season one week from Friday. Don't forget, in the last six years, I have never done worse than be one game off on my Steelers season prediction. And four out of those six times, I hit the number right on the head. Not last year. Last year, I said uh, 12 and four, they went 13 and three. Uh, today, I want your input. Vote now on Twitter at Mark Madden X. Your choices are 12 wins or more, 10 or 11 wins, 8 or 9 wins, 
seven wins or less. You can call in too, but if you call in, don't just tell me your expected record. You got to tell me why. The record and why. I'll give you an easy why as to why the Steelers should win the AFC North no matter what CBS Sports may say. That that's kind of funny. Uh we got, you know, Sports Illustrated and Colin Coward saying they're going to make the Super Bowl. CBS Sports won't even give the Steelers the division title. But uh, a lot could happen, and I expect will with these Steelers in 2018. But the biggest advantage the Steelers have on a week-in and week-out basis is quarterback because Ben is elite, B-elite, B-E-elite. And because most quarterbacks are not. Look at the bums the Steelers played at quarterback last year. And this year they open up with Tyrod Taylor, a bum. And then they pay Mahomes, Kansas City, first-year starter. The week after that, Jameis Winston suspended, so they'll take on Tampa Bay's backup. And the week after that, either Flacco or Lamar Jackson with the Baltimoreans, and neither of those names should strike fear. Well, I don't know, with that Steelers defense, there's an element of fear kind of built in, no matter who the quarterback may be. I find myself wondering if Baltimore might gamble and go for the upside of Lamar Jackson. I mean, Flacco shot, I certainly would be tempted to do that, but I bet Baltimore opened the season with Flacco as the starting quarterback because That's the safe play. Back to Ben. I expect Ben to have close to a career year because he knows, he'd have to know, this might be his last best chance at a Super Bowl. I would think everybody on the team would feel that way. Uh, To a degree, there's a ton of pressure on the Steelers. It's the last year of Ben, Bell, and Braun together, and I don't want to hear how often they've been hurt and how rarely they've been on the field at the same time in a playoff game. Either win or forever be considered underachievers. Not Ben. Ben's got two rings. Definitely Bell and Brown, though. It would help if New England hit a wall. That should be every Steeler fan's fantasy for 2018, that New England hits a wall. Uh... Like go eight and eight, and Brady sucks. One year that is going to happen. Uh, Brady won't be great in perpetuity. I wouldn't be shocked this year if Jacksonville took a step back. And I don't trust the LA Chargers, even though a lot of people are singing their praises. Sports Illustrated picked the New York Jets to make the playoffs. I do not think that's going to happen, but that does foreshadow a surprise or two in the NFL and in the AFC this season. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Antonio Brown talked to Kabali from The Athletic. That in itself is surprising. I didn't think Antonio Brown talked to Kabali. But nothing major was revealed. Uh, Brown just said he felt distant from the team being hurt. Again, nothing really revelatory. Apparently, the Steelers have Brown rigged up with a GPS during practice. And once Brown reaches a certain mileage, a certain limit of work, his practice is over. 
That's smart. Braun is 30 years old, and he is a workaholic. At this point in his career, rest might help more than work. I bet some of Braun's baby mamas have rigged him with a GPS a time or two. He just didn't know it. Uh, Kabali didn't ask Brown about the OBJ contract. I would assume Brown is pissed, but I'm told that him and OBJ are boys, so who knows? Chris Boswell making friends in the locker room today. The Steelers kicker uh, signed a five-year deal worth $20 million not long ago, and there was a videotape of him uh, buying or presenting uh, personalized luggage to the offensive line. Okay, but what about everybody else? What about the long snapper and the holder? Those are the guys you should be most concerned with pleasing. I, I, I always wonder about like how the offensive line, the quarterback buys them stuff, now the kickers buy them stuff. Does everybody else feel like chopped liver? The O-line, everybody wants to keep them happy. I can see why Ben does. And that philosophy has served him very, very well. 412-333-9939. Uh, in just a bit, I'm going to talk about what James Harrison had to say about Le'Veon Bell. Harrison thinks that Bell should sit out games. Uh, I disagree, but I do see the argument to be made. We'll get to that in just a few moments. And at the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you why. I don't think it's a sure thing at all. Lev Bell's going to have a great year this year. You know why? He didn't have a great year last year. We got Mike Pursuit at 4.30. Dejan Kovacevic at 5.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, I think you're absolutely hilarious. It's an acquired taste. You, you have the answer, Mark. Thank you. Wait, I wasn't done insulting you. The X at 105.9. A lot of NFL news today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers signed a four-year contract extension with Green Bay that gives him over $100 million in guarantees. A little ridiculous, but Aaron Rodgers certainly has the resume to justify. Also... Uh, Jimmy Smith, the cornerback of the Baltimore Ravens, has been suspended four games without pay for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, Baltimore plays at Pittsburgh week four. I want to get to what James Harrison had to say about Lev Bell and his situation. Uh, James Harrison has been appearing on Fox Sports, which is just hilarious because Harrison treated writers and broadcasters horribly during his playing career, but now he wants that media paycheck. Roll over Ryan Clark and tell Bill Parcells the news. Uh, But Harrison does have an interesting take on the Le'Veon Bell situation. Harrison feels Bell has more to lose by playing than he does to gain. Harrison also feels Bell may not be there week one. And Harrison implies that sitting out the season's first 10 weeks might be best for Bell. If Bell set out the first 10 weeks, he would burn off his obligation to the Steelers and get to free agency. Now, all of those scenarios are highly unlikely. Bell has reportedly told teammates he will report to the Steelers' facilities on Monday, Labor Day. Uh, But Bell since called that report fake news. If Bell misses games... He would forfeit a check of roughly 
855k each week. While there's something to Harrison's thoughts, the reward is worth the risk. You want to conserve your body for free agency. You want to make yourself as attractive as possible in every way possible to potential suitors in free agency. But 855k per week, Bell would just never get that money back. 412 Um, Oh, a trade today. The New Orleans Saints traded for Teddy Bridgewater. He'll be the backup for Breeze now, and who knows, maybe the starter in the future. And uh, that means Sam Darnold is going to start for the Jets in week one. We'll see how that turns out. That rookie quarterback thing. That rookie inexperience thing. I don't know. Might work out in the long run. I bet it don't in the short run. Sports Illustrated picks the Jets to make the playoffs. If they get off to a bad start, that seems highly unlikely. So we'll have to see how that comes together for the Jets. But but you know what? If you're a Jets fan, if you're a Jets fan, that's what you want. You want to see Sam Darnold in there. And it's about time Jets fans get something they want. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Uh, Getting back to what Harrison said about Lev Bell, I'd like your comments on that. Uh, At 412-333-WXDX. The stuff about how Connor has earned playing time, that's nonsense. The Steelers are all in for right now, this season. And that means Lev Bell has to be the workhorse, has to get over 400 touches. Although, again, he may resist that. And that will be a story if and when that happens. On the same Fox Sports TV program, Mark Schlereth, who's a dink, said the Steelers don't want Bell. He said the Steelers have already proven they don't want Bell. He said the offer they made was a phony offer, and it proves they don't want Bell. Well, the Steelers just don't offer guaranteed money past the first year. They just don't. That's their policy, and they stick to it. It's not that the Steelers don't want Bell. The Steelers don't want to give Bell what he wants. The Steelers don't want to pay Bell what Gurley got. There's a difference between that you know, having a ceiling on what you'll pay, there's a difference between that and just not wanting Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the final exhibition game is tomorrow night, thank Christ, that all this nonsensical, meaningless football will be over. As I said yesterday, I do like that the punting competition with the Steelers is still open, still up for grabs between Barry and Weil. Uh, they should make it a straight-up head-to-head competition. They should punt 10 times each in practice today, get an average figure, punt twice each in the game tomorrow night, again, get an average figure, winner take all. 
And if it's tied, like if one wins the practice competition and one wins the game competition, or if their yards per punt are exactly the same, which seems impossible to imagine, but who knows, if it's tied, they stand face-to-face. It's like dodgeball, sudden death. They stand face-to-face, like two feet apart, and they kick each other in the nuts at the same time. And whoever gets up first is your new Steelers punter. Uh, couple pirate notes. Uh, Josh Harrison said he wants the Pirates to pick up his option for next year. Harrison uh, was put on revocable waivers. He cleared, and there was talk about him being dealt, but I guess nobody wants him, and why would they? Uh, of course Harrison wants the Pirates to pick up that option. Because how the fring else is that bum going to make $10.5 million next year? The Pirates would have to be insane to pick up his option at that price. If the Pirates got Harrison, he might not make $10.5 million total the rest of his career. Uh, by the way, Pirate attendance this year will be the team's lowest since 1996. Yikes. And we will talk about the consequences of that in just a little bit. We got Dave on hold. Dave, please do stay on hold. We'll get to you on the other side of the commercial. We got Mike Pursuta at 430. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hi, Dylan. How are you? We got the clap. Can't be beat. Got it off the back of a toilet seat. The X at 105.9. We got the clap. You got the clap. Wipe my face on the welcome mat. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bovada released some uh, futures prop bets for Steelers players on the 2018 season. Some interesting action to be had. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 28 touchdown passes over under. Boy, that's a good figure because I'm having trouble picking. I guess I'd go over. 4,300 yards passing over under. I'd go under, but not by much. Boy, these guys set good lines. That's why they're pros. Bell, 675 receiving yards. I'd go under. 12 and a half touchdowns. I'd go under. Anything I could bet on with Bell, I'd go under. I'll talk about that at the top of the hour. Antonio Brown, 105.5 receptions. You'd almost have to go under because it's such an overwhelming amount of receptions, but I might go over because he's Antonio Brown, and I think if Bell doesn't have the season they'd like him to, A.B. will be required to produce more than ever. Juju Smith-Schuster, seven touchdowns. Over, under. Depends if he's lit or not. I need to know how lit he is. TJ Watt, six and a half sacks. Over, under. He needs to go over. The Steelers need his pass rush to be good. They need Dupree's to be better. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, I, I mentioned a moment ago that the Pirates will have their worst attendance this year since 1996. I wonder what the owner's reaction will be 
to that. I wonder where the payroll winds up because there will be consequences. I wonder, I, I, I often ponder the mentality of a Pirate fan in 2018, in particular younger Pirate fans who have never known winning. I wonder if younger Pirate fans just accept that the Pirates will never be in a World Series again. I wonder if that's accepted and if the Pirates to them are just casual entertainment with an equally casual rooting interest. Uh, I talked about that a couple months back. I think that, that sports teams have different kinds of fans. And I think one variety of fan is the fan that rapidly wants his team to win and lives and dies with every result. I think the Pirates have chased those fans away. I think to be that kind of fan with the Pirates is just too frustrating, and I think that that is one big reason attendance is headed to its lowest season figure since 1996. Uh, A little Penguin news out there. A few Penguins, very few, had a very informal workout today at the facility in Cranberry, led by Jay Caulfield, the guru. Uh, Jack Johnson was there. Yoey wrote a story on Latang at theathletic.com, and then Yoey commented on Twitter that the Latang fans were all over him, and the Latang haters were also all over him. I don't get the debate over Latang. The guy's a three-time champ and a great defenseman. A legitimate number one defenseman in a league where there just aren't enough number one defensemen to go around. Most teams don't have one. Latang didn't have his greatest season, no question. But he was still pretty good. Just didn't live up to his prior standard, but Latang was still pretty good. I just don't get why so many people seem jammed up with Chris Latang. But uh, he has turned into a polarizing figure among Penguin fans. 412. 333 is the number to call. Uh, you know what I love? I love kind of casting that goes against the grain of what a performer usually does. For example, in that movie Chappaquiddick about the uh, and killing a secretary who was in the car with him, Jim Gaffigan and Ed Helms, who were just normally comic actors, played serious roles in I thought did very well. Here, here's, here's another one. And I'm debating whether to go see this movie. There's a, a, a movie that I think starts today called Operation Finale, which is about the Mossad, the Israeli Secret Service, hunting down and capturing a Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann in Buenos Aires, Argentina in 1960. Eichmann was the uh, the guy who designed the logistics of the final solution, the train schedules, you know, everything that made the uh, Holocaust into this horrible, horrible killing machine. So one of the Mossad agents is Nick Kroll, 
who was in that 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 movie the no that series the league you know about the fantasy league and he was uh in that movie the house with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler which was really slapsticky so this guy's like haha funny now he's capturing Eichmann I give guys like that credit though for taking a chance it uh, shows some guts on their part shows a willingness to stretch as opposed to just doing what you always do because you're reliable and you make pretty good money. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're going to get the Lev Bell at the top of the hour, kind of dissect what James Harrison said about how well how Bell might be better served missing some games and preserving his body for free agency. You you get that, right? You get that if Bell played half a season and had a good half season, he would be that much more attractive in free agency for his body not being as beat up as it would be if he played a full season and got 400 touches. And make no mistake, if, if you think other than what I'm about to tell you, then you're a fool. Lev Bell is playing the 2018 season for himself. He's going to want to do whatever he can to maximize his uh, contract and free agency. It's not like last year where he came late, but he knew he'd be back in 2018 too. Now he knows he's gone, and I want to see how Bell reacts to that. I'll give you my expectations for Bell at uh, 4 p.m. Here's a nice Steeler note. The University of North Texas will unveil a bronze statue of Hall of Fame football player Joe Green outside the main entrance at their football stadium on September uh, Saturday, September 29th. The eight-foot statue will stand on a four-foot pedestal, making the entire display 12 feet tall. Wow. That's a whole lot of Joe Green. I, I wonder, you know how the Mario statue shows Mario splitting two defensemen? The Mean Joe Green statue should show him punching Doug Deacon of the Cleveland Browns in the nuts. Just wham, right in the nuts, and down he goes. 412-333-9939, the number to call. An interesting arrest today in the world of pro football. Interesting arrest. We will get to that. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's not funny. It's a felony, but it's, okay, it's funny. It's not a crime where somebody got beat up. So it, I, I think it's a refreshing direction for malfeasance among NFL players to finally take. Just to give you a little preview of what I'm going to say at 4 o'clock, I'm expecting Lev Bell to have like a mediocre season at best and probably a bad season. And one thing you got to understand before we even get to me talking about that. He didn't have a good season last year. Didn't have a bad season, didn't have a good season. And we will break that down as well. Oh, this just in. Jets players were on the bus when Teddy Bridgewater got told he'd been traded. He waved goodbye. Then the bus drove off. 
I hope a sad song was playing in the background. I really do. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. Talking about it. The X at 105.9. Controversy reared its ugly head in the way of imagined sexism at the U.S. Open. Uh, A young female player named Alizé Cornet was playing and she noticed she had her shirt on backwards. So she briefly took her shirt off, revealing a black sports bra on underneath and put it on the right way. The umpire stopped the match and penalized her under the code of conduct which says that women must change shirts in a private place. I think that's kind of a nonsense call, but it was just a warning, so no harm done, although Cornet was more upset than she probably should have been, given that it was only a warning. But of course, this has caused cries of sexism to come out of the woodwork because men change their shirts on court all the time. In fact, just the same day, Novak Djokovic like took an ice bath at the side of the court while having his shirt off. And, of course, there's still a festering wound because uh, Serena Williams isn't allowed to wear her cat suit. Okay, uh, penalizing Ms. Cornet. Ms., excuse me. I meant to say Ms., Uh, Giving her a warning, it's stupid, it should have been done, but it's only a warning, so no harm. The Serena Williams catsuit thing, it's dumb too, but what's the difference? She played wearing a tutu instead to make a point, and won handily. This ain't sexism. People were saying, what's the difference between Cornet taking her shirt off and Djokovic taking his shirt off? That's easy. One has breasts and one doesn't. One potentially reveals an erogenous zone. The other doesn't. Boobs make a motion picture R-rated, don't forget. A man's bare chest does not. Hey, if women want to take off their shirts in public, I don't care. But that's why the rule's different. That's why Djokovic's doing it as one thing. And Cornet doing it is another. I mean, she was wearing a bra, so I don't think it's a big deal, but I just don't like when cries of sexism cascade all over this land of ours when there's obviously zero sexism in this case. Same with Serena Williams and the racist accusations over the catsuit because she's a woman of color. I mean, people of color sometimes know unpleasant moments that aren't related to racism. It has been known to happen. No Quarter brought to you by CWElecticalServices.com. Make the switch at CWElecticalServices.com. We're going to get to the uh, Lev Bell situation, what my expectations are for him this season. That's assuming he reports Monday. Uh, John Oglethorpe Oglethorpe Thorpe he says so he sits 10 weeks there's no guarantee he doesn't get hurt from sitting that long 
and Bell just isn't going to let that money slip away. Uh, that's in response to James Harrison suggesting that Bell might be best to skip 10 weeks, play as little as possible, and burn the year remaining on his contract, his commitment to the Steelers. John, quick question. How exactly would Lev Bell get hurt from sitting? That's what you say right here. No guarantee he doesn't get hurt from sitting that long. Here's one from Tom. Le'Veon Bell is only going to play some games. If Le'Veon Bell is only going to play some games, then the Steelers need to cut him. Will they be as good without him? No, but the other backs are feasible enough. Look at more recent Super Bowl winners. They were all running back by committee. Yeah, but the Steelers don't have enough guys or the right guys for a committee. Okay, they would not be viable without Bell. They'd be a 8-8 eight eight team without him. Maybe 9-7, and seven, but maybe not. And you people want to make moves based on anger and revenge far too often. The only reason to cut Bell if he, if he shows up later than week one is anger and revenge. It does not make you a better team. It does not do the Steelers any good. It gets back to the Chris Letang thing. When Letang had what you thought was a bad season and a bad playoff, so many people wanted to trade him. You don't go knee-jerk. You do what's best for the team. Keeping Latang is obviously what's best for the Penguins. And uh, not cutting Bell is obviously what's best for the Steelers. By the way, uh, Alizé Cornet got an apology from the tournament because the warning was, was incorrect. Apparently... Any player could change his or her shirt at any time. I bet they made up that correction to the rule right then and there, but uh, that's what they said. Uh, Michael Kendricks of the Cleveland Browns got arrested for insider trading. Now that's the kind of white-collar crime that a rich football player can be proud of. Insider trading. I've never understood why insider trading is illegal. Why shouldn't you be able to use any means at your disposal to get an edge financially? I just never understood why that's illegal. I mean, and what, what's the difference between a legal edge and an illegal edge? Because people find stuff out and buy or sell stock for that reason all the time. What makes some legal and others not? Anyway, Michael Kendrick's arrested. I wonder if they came in to the office, like the locker room, like they did with Charlie Sheen and Wall Street. And they took him out in cuffs and he was crying. Somehow I doubt it, but uh, this is serious. Uh, Kendricks is going to miss the Browns' last exhibition game uh, while he, the Browns, and the FBI uh, process all this. Then again, maybe it's worth, you know, having some trouble, even doing a little time. It means you don't have to play in the last exhibition game of a given season. Uh, Felipe Vasquez of the Pirates appointed his sister. His sister is his new agent. She just got certified. I can foresee a lot of possible outcomes to that situation, and not a single one of them is good. Uh, Brett Conley of the Washington Capitals says he will skip the Capitals' White House visit with the Stanley Cup. 
He says it's got nothing to do with politics, which is obviously a lie. He said it's to do with right and wrong. What does that even mean? Look, you, you don't like Trump. You don't like this politics. I get it. But, dude, have some balls and say why you're not going. Or better yet, just don't show up and don't burden us with your burden. Because I don't care. And really nobody does. Uh, big announcement. UFO announced its UK dates for its 50th anniversary tour. That's next spring, which will also be UFO's farewell tour. I'm not sure if they're going to play the States, so I guess i got to get out my passport. Oh, by the way, Dead Daisies are at Jurgles tonight. That, that's a real good band, so uh, go check them out. My buddy Doug Altrich, ex of Whitesnake and Dio, a big component of Dead Daisies. Who else is in Dead Daisies? Uh, John Karabi, who was the singer on the One Motley Crew album Vince Neil wasn't on. Marco Mendoza, ex of Whitesnake. It, it, it's a real good band, so if you get a chance, go up there and check them out. I will not be there. I'm still as sick as a dog. I've had, I think I said this yesterday, it's just, I've had diarrhea nonstop for 11 days. I just had blood tested today. I'm extremely dehydrated. Doctors don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It, it seems like something you'd have for three days and it would go away. But it is not. You know what i got to do tonight? Rather, tomorrow morning. They gave me what's called a hat. You know what a hat is? A hat's something you put in your toilet bowl. You dump into it. And then you got to put samples in these little vials and take it back to the lab. I think I'll do that right before dinner. Who am I kidding? I can't eat dinner in this condition. You know what I eat like all the time? Yogurt. Last night I tried to eat pasta to just get something that would, you know, clump together in me. It did not work. You know, we're laughing now, and I guess we should be. I'm really worried. I don't know what this is. They don't know what this is. Like I said, one day you'll turn on the radio. It'll be Adam Crowley or music or Adam Crowley DJing for music. Let's go to Jason in the truck. Jason, real quick, you're on with Double M. Jason, you there? Yes, sir. 